Welcome to Speaking of the Enneagram with your co-hosts Jackie Brewster and Eve Annunziato. Jackie, a certified Enneagram coach, author, and speaker, is on a journey of helping you uncover and discover the best version of yourself through the help of the Enneagram, and she's joined forces with Emmy Award-winning journalist and published author Eve. Through their interviews with thought-provoking, wise, and intriguing guests, Jackie and Eve explore all nine Enneagram numbers by taking a deeper dive into the thought processes, unconscious motivations, patterns of behavior, and personality traits that drive your decisions. This helps give you a perspective of compassion, self-awareness, and empathy for not only yourself, but those around you. Enjoy the second season of Speaking of the Enneagram with your hosts, Jackie and Eve. Welcome, friends, to our very first episode of our second season of Speaking of the Enneagram. Jackie, we made it to our second season. How about that? Yes, we are so excited about this season, too. It is going to be packed full of such amazing content. That's right. We decided to do something a little bit different than our first season. We decided to interview all of our incredibly amazing friends. We have so many friends that are fascinating. Their journeys are amazing and they all really embrace the Enneagram, know a lot about it. And we're so excited to introduce everyone to them. I mean, I don't even know that I have words, Eve. I'm so excited about this season. Our first guest is Casey Gaston. She's probably one of our most popular friends because she was in, as most of you know, season 16 of The Bachelor, only one of the longest running reality shows on television. One of the most popular. I have friends, Jackie, obsessed with The Bachelor. They love Casey. I will tell you, Casey is not only beautiful, but she's brilliant. And a little side note, our friend Rusty Gaston has been a family friend for many years. My husband has known Rusty for over 25 years. And he came walking into the doors of Cross Point several years ago with Casey and they got married. And it was just so amazing to watch our dear friend fall in love with this beautiful woman, Casey. And since then we've gotten to know Casey and her entire family and she's amazing. But before we get to that, we decided since our book comes out in just a few weeks, we're so excited hearing God speak, February 9th, it drops finally after a year and a half of hard work. As many of you know, this is a 52-week devotional. So for each episode topic, we decided to pull a week from the book and discuss it. So for this week, as we're interviewing Casey, we decided to talk about peace and our gifts, because we all know we are all uniquely and beautifully created and crafted by the God of the universe. And we all have these gifts. But before we do that, Jackie's going to go through all nine numbers and talk about all of our gifts. Yes, I love to talk about gifts. I think it's so amazing that we have this tool with the Enneagram and that we have this amazing tool, the Bible, and that we can use them together to really understand ourselves better and to actually see what we get to deposit into the world according to how we're created. And so as a one, you have the gift of wisdom and discernment. And as you walk this gift out here on earth, you actually advance the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and your natural ability to establish order and bring clarity. And it's just amazing. Man, what a gift that you give to the world. It's just this beautiful ability to establish order that not everybody has. So if you're a one, I want you to hold on to that and realize what a gift it is and to use that gift to advance the kingdom of God. 
So as twos, you have the gift of nurture. And it is this sweet, beautiful gift that you have. The ability to care for themselves and others with compassion. Sometimes you don't do such a great job caring for yourself. You really lean into other people and you want to pour compassion and understanding on them. But the truth is when you really lean into the gift that God gave you, it's also for you to lean into and really bring nurture to yourself, to love yourself well so you can love other people well. As you look at the three, the threes have the gift of encouragement. And even I know a lot of threes. And I'll tell you what, they are such great encouragers. They have the ability to help people see their gifts and talents and to help them move forward. So not just see them, right? But the threes have this unique ability to put a plan into action and help people to really establish some of the the things that are within them that they see. They pull things out, encourage, and, and really help stir people to be a better version of themselves. And I just love that. I'm married to a three. I love that about him. I love that he takes time and he really invests in a lot of people. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that my kids get to watch him do that as well. It's really this beautiful gift of encouragement. So as we look at the four, fours have the gift of forgiveness of others in themselves. They really have this beautiful ability to hold people in this unique way where they see the flaws and they say, it's okay. Like it's okay for people to be who they are. People don't have to be perfect. People have to be authentically themselves and unique in the way that they're made. And it's okay. They hold space for people really well. And it's beautiful. I value that so much in the fours that I have in my life. I have two sisters that are fours. Some of my dear friends are fours. I'm raising a four. And so I really love to see the way that they hold space for people. Fives have the gift of seeing infinite possibilities. And even I both have a friend, uh, Jenny Acuff, and she is a pioneer of all women. Like anything that we need to know, I'm like, Jenny will know. If I need to know how to break into my house, MacGyver style, which happened when we locked the kids out of the house. I love her. Oh my gosh. We locked the kids out of the house and we were like three hours away at a, at a conference. And I was like, oh my gosh, Jenny, I can't get in the house. I, the kids don't have a key. She's like, I'm over there. MacGyvered it up. She got in. But <laughs> I just love the infinite possibility. She's like, if there's a will, there's a way. So she just stands out for me as a five. And I know you're married to a five and I'm raising a five and the way that their brains think and the way that they see the world, it is so beautiful. I love to watch the way that fives engage in the world. Do you feel like that Eve? Absolutely. It's so handy and helpful, but also it is beautiful. And I've learned a lot. I'm such a student and I've learned a lot from my husband as a five and so many other fives in my life. I love to glean their wisdom. Yes, me too. I love to just watch. It's so interesting to me. Fascinating to me. So sixes have the gift of courage. One of my best friends is a six and she really, in in the hardest times of my life, she has lifted me up and carried me through seriously. She has shown me the ability to be courageous in really hard circumstances, to go and fight when it seems impossible. You know, she's a little bit like, you know, Jenny, like when there's a will, there's a way, like we will make it through. It's okay. But this gift of courage, you know, they take on challenges in their life. Lives and they conquer them head on. They're great problem solvers. And so I love this about sixes. I'm raising a six and you're raising a six, Eve. And so we get firsthand knowledge of watching our sixes from little tiny all the way up, you know, as we launch them into the world to watch them go courageously, a little fearful at times, but courageously into new adventures. Absolutely. 
sevens have the gift of joy. They bring joy. They bring hope. They bring happiness to situations. They really want you to feel like the opportunities that are out there. They want you to see the highlights. They want you to see all the things that life could be if you just go after them. And so there's a really big thing for sevens to bring joy into situations. So we're, we're super thankful for the sevens, you know, but they have to keep an upbeat, positive attitude for their own well-being. It's very interesting. I love it. I love surrounding myself with sevens. They're so much fun. Yeah, it's fun. Let's take on the world. We can all do it. It's okay if we crash. Pop off and move forward. Yeah, that's what my grandma said. She said, Jackie, you know what? You're my only grandchild that I I don't worry about. You will (laughs) fall down. You will stand up, dust yourself off, and you will keep running. Yeah. So eights, eights have the gift of strength. And so we, you know, a lot of the times the eights, people think that they're strong and they're, they're intimidating. But what if I said that they are such great protectors, that they have the ability to bring positive change to the world. They champion others and believe in their dreams and a healthy eight, man, they conquer so much and they bring people with them. They're excellent, excellent leaders. And we are so thankful for the many eights that even I know she's an eight, but even the eights that we have surrounded ourselves with in our lives, watching them take on the world and take other people with them has been beautiful. Yes, I've loved watching the other eights in my life, just their unstoppable force and the fact that they're always cheering me on. I love the fact that they're always on my side. And as an eight, I can really appreciate cheerleaders. I love that. Nines have the gift of healing. They have the ability to show the world kindness, acceptance, and peace. Um, and they're patient with the others. And this is so beautiful. They, they really kind of slow us down a little bit. When I embrace the nines in my life and I allow them to slow me down, it is beautiful what happens. They really hold space a little bit like a four with kindness and acceptance and love. And this does bring healing. It promotes healing, promotes just our ability to become more aware with understanding and acceptance. And so we are so thankful for the nines in our lives. But when I look at this list and all the gifts that God has given each one of us, there's so many more than the ones that we just named, right, Eve? But it's just a glimpse of who God is to the world. So these gifts, when we activate them in our lives, we show Christ to the world through these specific gifts. So what would it look like for you to go into 2021, holding fast to these gifts and asking God, how do I show the world who you are through these gifts that you have given me? How do I shine a light into the darkness? That'll preach. Let me tell you, Jackie, I am thrilled that we are starting off the season on this topic of your gifts for 2021, because we have to remember, we are not man-made. We are handcrafted by the king of all creation. And every single one of you, every one of you listening, I want you to be reminded you're exceptionally talented. You have exceedingly huge, important, and powerful gifts from God, regardless of your status right now, regardless of your past year of 2020, regardless of your finances, you are enough. You're not a mistake. You were created on purpose for his purpose. And we want to give you accolades on this podcast. We want to give you accolades and let you know your gifts matter. Your gifts matter to the people in your lives. Your gifts matter to all of us. Your gifts matter to your family members. And most importantly, they matter to God. 
Your God-given gifts matter to God. So I'm excited that we started off 2021 on this positive note, learning about all of our gifts. And I am incredibly excited to introduce you formally, Casey Gaston, our first interview of our second season. So many of you know her as a contestant on season 16 of The Bachelor, but she is so much more than that. She not only married a dear friend of ours, Rusty Gaston, she not only has two beautiful kids, a little boy and a little girl who are precious, but she has started one of my favorite blogs and she has one of my favorite social media platforms. It's called Modern Southern Mother. And not only advocates for Christian values, but it also advocates for bringing up children with respect, with her Southern roots. And I love, Jackie, that her platform is real. She doesn't act like she has it perfectly all together. She talks about real life. She'll make you laugh. She will make you think. Jackie, how wonderful was it to interview Casey? Oh, she is a delight. She is so charming and sweet and real. I can't say enough. It's been so fun to just be able to sit with her and talk to her. Yes. And she is a three and she gets it. She understands her numbers. She understands the Enneagram and she is beautiful and brilliant like we talked about. So without further ado, we would like to formally introduce you to our dear friend, Casey Gaston. Welcome, Casey Gaston. We are thrilled to have you as our first guest on our first show in our second season. It's great to have you. Well, thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be in your company today. We have been dear friends for a long time. And when Jackie and I were brainstorming how we wanted to produce this second season, we really wanted to do interviews. And as you know, we're going to take a chapter from each of the four quarters of our book, and we are going to interview someone who depicts that chapter. And when we decided to do your piece, which is the first quarter of our Hearing God Speak book and spiritual gifts, you were the first person we thought of because honestly, Casey, I have been around you. I have been at your home. You've been in my home. And when I'm with you, I just feel at peace. I watched you parent. I watched you be a wife. I've watched you as an influencer and you always are so peaceful in your demeanor and you're always so upbeat and positive. So we just thought let's interview Casey. I can only laugh when you say that. And like, when you asked me to do this, I just laughed. I think it's it's such a compliment that you think I'm peaceful because I, I don't feel like I am at all, but thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. And Jackie, as a three, which is what Casey is, and many of us, we probably don't even realize our own gifts, do we? Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. So we just, we get to watch you, Casey, and we're, you know, we're in awe of the way that you do life and the way that you love your family and the way that you influence others. So we are thrilled to have you. I can't wait to kind of unpack some of the Enneagram with you. I think it's fascinating, to be honest. Good. We're going to get into all the ways you think it's fascinating. But I had to start with the most obvious question that (laughs) you have answered time and time and time again. But I think that our listeners would be upset if I didn't. As 
all of us know that you were on one of the most longstanding and popular reality shows, The Bachelor season 16. And I would love to know how that experience and going through that process has built your platform and built your voice. I think that's such an interesting question. So many people ask me about The Bachelor and what kind of experience it was and what happened with me and what I used it for afterwards. And it's interesting because I was 22 when I was on the show, 23. And so when you're 23, social media is just coming out. I've always had my faith, but at that point in my life, it was like, how can I use this platform to make money? if I'm being honest, like that's how you feel when you're that age and in that realm and those people, that's kind of what you're like, how can I use this to make money at this point? And I think it's funny that in my later twenties and as social media grew, it was more of, okay, I'm not using this to make money, but how can I use this for people to hear my voice in a positive, influential way? How can I use this for God's kingdom? And this isn't about me now trying to people to see me, but people to see God through me. And how can we make a difference for, especially after I became a mom, our children and the world they're going to live in. And I think it was such a blessing to have the experience 10 years ago, but the maturity to now be able to still use what I gained at that point in my life, meaning followers to be able to now hopefully influence them in more of a kingdom way rather than a selfish way. Mm, wow, what a fun and exciting journey. Lots to process, lots of maturity happened, of course, since then, but what a great experience. So on the topic of peace, Casey, again, we automatically thought of you when we wanted to talk about this. So I would love to know what brings you peace and what steals and robs your peace? So as I was looking and reading the chapter about peace in the book, I'm almost dumbfounded at how you guys nailed it so well for a three, because I will say that accomplishing goals is how I find peace. So the Christmas season will be behind us by the time everybody listens to this. But for me, leading up to Christmas, I have to have a game plan and I have to like I don't feel comfortable settling in to watch a Hallmark movie one night unless I have made out my Christmas menu and the shopping list for it. So for me, it's very goal oriented of how can I, by this day, I want to have gift wrap. By this, I want to do this. And if I have that done, then I can relax and find peace. But usually, as you were saying, when you're in the room with me and I seem peaceful, I can usually like, if I'm in a group of people, I can turn off whatever else is there and try and be present in the moment. So I think I'm learning as a three to find peace in being present in the moment and not trying to check off my list. I think that's fascinating. I think that you hit so many points of a three, just even in what you talked about, but oftentimes the things that even I talk about, it's like people over processes, people over projects. And like really finding that inner peace is when threes are able to go to people instead of their, their projects and their processes. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that it's important though, for that, for a three to hear that there's a you know, the process of kind of, this is what I need to find the piece so I can be with my people. Like the balance of that, yeah. I think is so mm -hmm. powerful. Yeah. It's so true. But I think having my children too has helped me realize that 
they grow so fast. And if I don't put my list away, then I'm going to miss just getting to sit down with them. And a sweet friend of mine over Thanksgiving, we were talking and she said, I wish my mom would have sat down and had conversations with me instead of worrying about her three-day yeast rolls and how many times she had to let them rise. And man, that just stuck with me. It was like, as much as I love all of that and I thrive on things like that, that doesn't mean that's how my children receive love or that's how I show them love, even though I feel like that. Mm, That's good. So what would you say steals your peace the most? Would you say not having a plan? Would you say not having a schedule, not being prepared, not being organized? Is that something that would steal your peace normally? Yes, it does. So if I don't have a plan, and I think 2020 has really pushed my limits on that, because as soon as you feel like you've got a schedule or a plan going, there's a pivot. And then this whole year for a three, I feel like, especially me, has been learning how to change your plan all the time. And for somebody that thrives on a routine, that's really hard. So in the beginning, it really did make it hard. And I would get extremely frustrated because I couldn't focus on one thing. I would be like, I can't have a complete thought. I can't complete a task. I feel like I'm just all over the place. So I just had to realize that that's just part of this year. And a pivot means you just reformulate a new plan. And for me, that's just making a new plan. And then there's a 90% chance it'll change again. And that's okay, but just accepting it. But for me, it's if there is a change, I have to figure out a new plan quickly. And then it makes it easier for me to cope with it or just go, okay, there's no plan. And that has to be okay too. Girl, I, I am a seven and I like a plan. People think that we're like, <laughs> let's jump out of airplanes. I'm like, after I want to see the itinerary first, please. Um, <laughs> that's just us. So hearing like, it's okay to not have a plan, even as a seven, I'm like, oh, I don't know. And I'm married to a three. And so a lot of what you say resonates and it's good for me to hear it and be reminded of like, <laughs> this is how he functions. And so my chaos, I want to say it's his chaos, but how it just kind of is unsettling. You know, it's really unsettling especially with both of us working from home and stuff in this season, all the kids, we have four kids. And so everybody just being around does feel like there's so many pivots that have to happen to try to just function in 2020, which now we're in 2021. So let's hope it's better. Right. Oh Um, gosh, please. Right. Right. So as we are looking at the Hearing God Speak Diva, we're in chapter five that we really pulled something out of that we wanted to talk to you about. Each number has a specific gift. And at the top of the podcast, I went through all the nine types with their gifts. And so as I mentioned, one of the gifts for the three is being an encourager. And so Mm -hmm. that's one of your gifts. You know, you have the ability to help people see uh, what's inside of them and really push them forward. And so I'd just love to hear from you, like, how have you used your gift of being encourager? You know, how have you seen it show up as a mom, as a wife, as an influencer, just in your sphere of influence? Like, how have you seen that gift used? So encouragement, I feel like is my husband's biggest gift. And I've learned so much from him. He is just so good at this and seeing people and what they're good at and helping them learn how to make that something that they can use every day. And so I feel like as a parent, if I want to start there, because that's what I do the most, encouraging my kids is, I feel like the best thing I can teach them in, is to see how they are good at something. So encouraging them in whatever they're good at, 
or what they're not good at and how they can always get better. So like an example of this is swimming lessons. My kids, neither one of them have started swimming until this fall. And so they were the worst ones in their class. Like they had zero swimming skills. They had zero desire to swim. But each week before we went, before we walk in, I go, okay, who's going to be the best at swim lessons today? And they both fight over who's going to be the best at swim. So even though they're not the best in their class, they want to be the best basically between each other because they're brother and sister and they're competing, but it just gives them the mindset that they can do it no matter what. And so I feel like just that's one example of how as a parent, I'm always like, who can be the best at it, you know, in the car and build them up as we're going somewhere to do something. And then in, as an influencer, I feel that the space I work in is very this is not a word, but unencouraging to people. I feel like it, it puts people in a position to scroll through Instagram or TikTok, whatever that is. And I feel like it makes people compare themselves to other people all the time. And it's not encouraging. So I feel like for me personally, I want to get on and just be authentic and encourage people. So it might mean not having my makeup on, but that's okay because you might be sitting there watching it without makeup on and identify with that more than if I was put together all the time. Do I strive to be put together all the time? Yes, but that's not always the case and that's okay. But another way that this is all kind of played out is back two years ago, I came up with this idea called Modern Southern Mother. And I didn't know how it would pan out. I just knew that God had put it on my heart as something to do. And I wanted to launch a blog. I didn't want it to be just me because I don't have all the great ideas, but there are plenty of other women that do. So I wanted it to be a place where women could come and feel encouraged. So that's the basis of a number three is I wanted people to come and be encouraged however they needed to be. So that could be, you know, it could be a gift. They want to find the best gift, or they want to hear how you dealt with a situation as a parent or as a wife. But there are so many roles that women play that I wanted them to be able to come and feel encouraged. And by creating that space, I was able to encourage a friend of mine that wrote with me to start her own blog. I was like, look, I want you to be a part of this, but also want you to have your own thing and people be able to identify with you that way. So it was funny when I read this because I didn't even see that as something that I was doing as a three, but really encouraging people and helping them see their gifts and talents has given her a springboard to now be able to do her own thing as well. It was interesting to see that. I didn't realize that was a trait of mine that I was using, but that's how it all turned out. And now we're able to write and encourage women and a lot of it has pivoted <laughs> the word of the year in 2020 to less about buy this and do that to here's how we feel. It has also made us stop for a little bit because we weren't able to authentically encourage people just in the year that we were having as moms and giving our attention to our families before we did to other people that we didn't even know. 
I love that you, even in this moment, this conversation that we're having, that aha moment, that awareness, that awakening, right, that happens when we start to study the Enneagram. And, you know, even I are huge fans of the Enneagram, yes, but also biblical truths and how how the Holy Spirit just kind of highlights. He shows us parts of ourselves. So even on this interview that we're having with you, for you to see like, oh, this is actually a gift that God has given me that I get to use, and I'm, I'm probably using it more than I realize. You know, I, I've been thinking about this. I told Eve about it yesterday. This thought that just kind of happened. And when I, the only quiet place I have is in the shower. And so (laughs) when I was in the showers, I had just gotten back from Karen for my parents. They both had COVID and I don't know why I had this thought, but it just came to me that people don't want to be tolerated. They want to be celebrated. And so, wow. Say that again, Jackie, because I am going to tattoo that on my arm. (laughs) That's extreme, but I believe that you would. (laughs) So people don't want to be tolerated. They want to be celebrated. And so when I think about you as an encourager and just, you know, you even saying like, hey, we needed to take a break because we couldn't be authentically ourselves. It wasn't like, I'm just going to hold space for this and we're just going to kind of throw some things out there. But you're like, no, I want people to be celebrated in this. This is not about being tolerated. It's about really showing people a better way and for you to go first as a leader. And that's what you did. Even by saying, I need a break, we got to pull back back a little bit. And so I really think that idea that we don't want to be tolerated, we want to be celebrated, we want to be encouraged, we want to be pushed, we want people to see something in us that gets pulled out. And so if you really think about the Holy Spirit doing, you know, using you in this way for you, you have a unique ability to see what people have within them and pull it out. And, and maybe sometimes you might feel like you're dragging it out, but you know, <laughs> there's like this little thing you get to see and you do, you have a unique perspective of like, I see this in them. I want to help them. And you've also been given a platform of favor because of your platform, because of your position, because of your experiences, you actually can help people get to the next level of where God's calling them to go. And so I think it's so neat to watch you walk this out in real time. Um, and just hear you say that stuff too. So I'm going to say it again, because I think it's so important. People don't want to be tolerated. They want to be celebrated. How have you experienced this idea of being tolerated in your life? Maybe it was early on. Maybe it was when you were first getting on to The Bachelor. Maybe there were things in your early life that you felt tolerated. You know, Maybe that has shaped how you are encouraging other people. Could you speak into that a little bit? Yes. So I think in a space like social media, me personally looking at other people and then now identifying it with myself. I think that you do get on there and people only follow you and like what you do because of who you are and not because of what you're doing. Mm. And so I feel like that is more of the tolerating part of it. They only followed me because I was on The Bachelor and they didn't necessarily believe what I believed or were encouraging where I wanted to create a space where people were encouraged and they were the, what I called like the people living in their grandparents' basement on the trolling, the social media space all the time. And so I think once I realized that those people didn't really matter and I wasn't creating content for the masses, but more for people that appreciated what I stood for, Mm -hmm. that's whenever I felt more celebrated. And that definitely meant that people were going to unfollow you. And that was totally okay with me. That had to become a point where I was completely confident in what I wanted 
to use a space for as an influencer and then be okay if people didn't want to be a part of that space. But yes, I do want it to be a space where what we're doing is celebrated and then it's shared so that more people can see that. And it's not about if you do work in the social media world and you're listening to this, it's not about hosting a giveaway just to get more followers that aren't going to be the type of people who do celebrate you, but they just maybe tolerate you for that moment to try and win something and then go away. But I feel like that maturity helps you realize that you don't have to be tolerated by everybody. You just want to be celebrated by the ones that you love. Oh, Casey, you're speaking a word to many hearts listening right now. That really touched my heart personally. And I would like to add that you were one of those chosen to read an early version of our book. And there were moments where you would send me an encouraging text or call me and you would encourage me that meant the world to me. I mean, made me actually teary because I will say writing a book and Jackie can attest to this. It is exhausting and you're weary. And then as an eight, I hate to be vulnerable, especially in the public eye. So putting my stuff out there really makes my stomach hurt. And when I received your encouragement, it meant the world and I would always pass it along to Jackie. So what you're doing is you're not only changing and speaking into and building people up on your platform, but in your circle of your friends. And I can tell you that it has moved me and it has encouraged me. So keep on keeping on. Really appreciate that gift that you have and that peace and love and joy that you bring to me personally. So thank you. I want to thank you both because because of what you've done, and I was so lucky to get to read this before everybody else, you have opened my eyes. I, I knew I encouraged, but for you to just say that and for you to make me more self-aware of in good things, but also I like that this book also makes me aware of some of my weaknesses that I can improve on because of what y'all have done and the, the verses that you have used, you have really been able to change my walk and how I can also be more kingdom minded as I walk through the day and using my gifts in that way, rather than in selfish ways, like my 20 something year old self. So thank you both so much for all this. And I'm just excited to see what else happens for this. Wow. Again, I feel encouraged. So thank you. And that's a perfect segue, Casey, into what I wanted to talk to you about, which is self-awareness. Now, you and I talked the other day and we kind of laughed about self-awareness because it can be painful and cringeworthy. But what I'm finding through this Enneagram work too, and I know that you are as well, is it's also bringing freedom, just knowing and being aware and being able to lean into the healthy side of ourselves, which is just helpful and can be profound and revolutionary. Speaking of that, you were talking to me about a moment that you had in the car while listening to one of our past podcasts that I want to ask you about. Can you share a little bit about your self-awareness moment that you had in the car listening to the podcast the other day? Yes. So I was listening to the one that you guys recorded the week of the election, and it was talking about how threes are not good at asking for help. And it piggybacked on a sermon that we had listened to in church on Sunday at Cross Point, and Pastor Kevin had talked about being weary. And it was this aha moment of 
I am exhausted. And I realized that on Sunday, but because of what you made me aware of is that threes don't ask for help or accept help well, that if I asked for help or accepted help, then I would be less tired. And I think that the combination of those just made me cry. I don't, I'm not a crier. I'm not emotional, but it just made me, it made me so self-aware that I was like, I needed to hear from him that it was okay to be tired, but I needed to hear from you and what you said that it's okay to ask for help. And if I asked for help, I wouldn't be in this vicious, tired cycle of not being able to keep up with what I want to keep up with. It's just my list of things to do. It's nobody else's, but that's where being aware as a three can do so much for me. And I'm going to have to hear that over and over and over again and be reminded that it's okay to ask for help. Sometimes it's harder to ask for help. Sometimes things don't get done the way you want them done if you ask for help. But realizing that help is okay was something that I needed to be told. And so awareness, I think the awareness part is almost as more important, if not equally as important as knowing how it's your strength. I think that for a three understanding a little bit more, even around that awareness, the importance of that mask. I think maybe you are familiar with this. I think the three oftentimes wears a mask and they, they have put a mask on really, really early on. We talk about this a lot, that patterns of behavior get developed as early as the age of two, and you've learned how to adapt. Threes are very adaptable. People call threes chameleons. And a lot of the times mm-hmm. they say it like it's a negative and I don't think it's a negative. I think it's a gift that you have that you can adjust to the different environments that you're in. And you can, like you said, like I can be with my people. Like I can put stuff on the shelf and be with my people. That's part of that chameleon and adjusting. And I think it's healthy, you know, but the important part about understanding the need to ask for help is where you go to in health, which is a six. So when a three goes to a six in health and growth, they're able to work with other people. They're able to let other people have um, a say in some things. They're able to understand that it is people over process or people over projects. And so that takes a lot of hard work though, to take the mask down and mm-hmm. say, yeah. okay, I'm going to be vulnerable. I know that I'm safe with you. And a lot of the three being able to be vulnerable, to ask for help is knowing that they have safe people around them, that they're not judged, that it's not about them looking perfect. And I would say even in marriages, you know, you might be married, like I've been married this month will be 22 years to a three. And it took at year 20, we went for a walk and we were walking around the block. And I said to him, like, do you feel like you can take the mask off? Do you feel like you can just relax and be? And he's like, I don't know how to do that in 20 years into a marriage. And I was like, oh my gosh, what did I miss? And it wasn't about me missing anything. It was about him understanding the importance of vulnerability, being able to take the mask off and being loved. And so you know, I think that that really hard work, that awareness around the three go into health as a six, being able to take the mask off and say, I just need help. You can do it when you feel safe. So it's those people around you. It's going to be your husband. It's going to be your children. It's going to be your best friend. It might be your mom. It might be your neighbor, but you know, in the people that are listening to this, if you have a three in your life and, and they are able to be vulnerable and they are able to ask you for help, know that that relationship is so important to them because they actually trust you. And it's, it's beautiful to see, but there's so much peace. There's so much rest that happens as you learn to be able to take that mask off. There's just beautiful work that happens in that for you as a human being. Wow. 
That's amazing. What do you think, Casey? Does that resonate with you? What are your thoughts? It does. And you know, it's funny how you say, you just said those people you're comfortable with, my parents, they've known me my whole life. They know if I, they can tell by how I'm acting, if I need a break from people, they can tell, they know what's helpful. They know it's not helpful. So I think with like, if I need help, it's easy to ask my mom because I know she'll do it the way I would do it because that's the way she did it. And that's why I do it the way I do it. But also it's because she knows that I'm not perfect and it's, okay to let her in and she is super close I feel like my husband is in that I don't I feel like I can take my mask off in front of him he might think differently but I feel like I I am maskless with him most of the time but that was wow that was impactful and this is what I love about threes because when I talk to you you're even trying to achieve when it comes to health and being the best version of yourself and I actually love to surround myself with threes and we had to do an assignment where we put all of our inner circle friends and VIPs in a circle and almost all of those around me are threes and fours. And it's just, I admire their spunk and I admire their get it done attitude. And I love that they work hard and achieve. And I always say that threes are great at everything. And I always admire people that are great at everything they do. And I love that you go to a six in health and you're able to ask for that help. That's fascinating. I think it's funny. I'm over here drawing a circle. I feel like going, okay, who can I unmask to? I'm going to work really hard on having some people to unmask to. I love that you say that because I think one of the things I want you to hold dear, like hold close to you is to know that this is a process. It's a long process. A lot of the times threes are like, give me the information. I want to get it done. And so when I work with threes, oftentimes they're like, give me the list. I can achieve it. I'm going to get it done. And I just want to say to threes, like slow down. This is a process and it's, it's a very long process for you to unmask and feel comfortable and feel safe and really understand yourself because I don't want you to unmask so you can prove that you can unmask. I want you to unmask because you feel safe and comfortable and confident in yourself to be able to do it. And so there's such a difference in that. So take your time. To, you know, it's That's a so process. Funny. It's a process. Uh, you know, like allow the awareness to happen. And two, there's also beauty in knowing when you shouldn't unmask, when it's not safe for you to unmask, when there's people around you that they don't need to know. They don't need to be that close to you. They don't need sure. to have access to you like that. And especially for what you do for a living, your, your circle is very small. That's okay. And it's healthy mm-hmm. and it's safe. And you're quite a bit younger than even I. And so we would say to you, like, girl, your soccer gets small the older you get. And it's safety that way. Like, it's just good. And it's freedom. And I had a therapist last year that I went to after my dad had a stroke just to handle that grief. And she told me to, inside that circle, to write three people to be vulnerable with. And so I would call those people. I was like, you're it. And now I'm going to tell you how I really feel about my dad just having a stroke, my buddy, and how I'm grieving speaking to him about football every Monday and how I'm grieving hearing his stories. And so I literally went through that assignment and it was such growth and freedom. And I just felt better. So I suspect you're going to feel the same way once you do your assignment, which I know that you will do after this. You will take it seriously. I'm like, well, that's what I have to do this afternoon. I'm just kidding. 
I wanted to just wrap up Casey on this one thought, something that I have been processing for a couple of weeks now. I heard someone say there is no debate in a story. One of the reasons why I love to hear people's story is because there is no debate. There is no negotiation. There is no shame. There is no arguing someone else's story. That is their truth. I would love to know from you, like what part of your story are you writing right now in this season? And what legacy in this story do you want to leave to this world and to your children? I love that question. And it gives me chills when you ask that. I don't think as a society, we stop and think that way very often. And when I think about what I want my kids to think about me, whenever they're my age or older, I just want them to think about a mom who was present and who wanted to just make memories with them. I think that being authentic is so big. And I really want people to just see that because you were able to put God first, you were able to love bigger and be there for the people that are in your life. And, you know, I think we've realized that more than anything this year, that you could be just with four people for months on end and not be able to see anybody else. And they need to realize how much they mean to you and how much you love them, but you only love them because of the love that God shows to us. Wow. That's beautiful. That was beautiful. So where can people find you? I know you have this awesome platform, Modern Southern Mother. You give, by the way, the best recipes. I recommend everyone, if you're not sure what to have for dinner tonight, hop on a Modern Southern Mother. And they're easy, Casey. I don't know if that's a concerted effort, but I love your recipes because they're not super complex, but you do a lot even beyond that. But I would love for our listeners to know how they can find you and what you have coming up. Okay, so you can follow me personally at at Casey Gaston, but if you want all of the wonderful recipes Eve talks about or just heart-to-heart mother-type talk, you can find us at I am a modern Southern mother. Modern Southern mother was already taken, so you have to put that I am, I am a modern Southern mother. And upcoming in 2021, to be honest, we kind of hit the pause button as I told Eve earlier, to just really focus on our families. And if we had something we wanted to put up that was encouraging, we did. In 2021, we're going to do a soft relaunch in February, March-ish, and really just get excited about what we've learned in this season and share it with everybody. So we don't know what that looks like yet because we promised ourselves we would take December and, you know, breathe and pray and plan starting in January. So we are excited to see what 2021 has. Oh, I cannot wait. I'm incredibly excited. And I will put all those links in the copy of the podcast so people can click. And I just wanted to personally thank you for being an encourager and a beautiful light and love in our lives. So thank you so much. And thanks for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to talk to us about this. And we're so excited. And thanks for reading our book and endorsing it, by the way. That meant a lot. Yes, thank you so much for being with us. This has been so great. Well, thank y'all for having me. This has been the highlight of my week, Adult Talk. You have no idea. This has been amazing. And I appreciate y'all and just the way you've let God use your lives and your hearts to speak to so many people. I just am so excited to see how this is going to change so many lives from 
non-followers to new believers in Christ to people like our parents' age who can now hone in more on their walk with Christ. So thank y'all so much. Thanks a lot, Casey Gaston, for joining us. Appreciate all of you listening out there. We're really excited about these interviews and we will look forward to talking to you very soon. Take care. Bye, friends. You can order your copy of Hearing God Speak, a 52-week interactive Enneagram devotional which combines the Enneagram system with biblical truth. This interactive year-long devotional helps you better understand yourself and others around you while guiding you toward a deeper relationship with Christ. Each weekly devotion includes a Bible verse with a scripture reflection and an awareness tailored to all nine Enneagram numbers as well as generous journaling space. Beth McCord, best-selling author, speaker, and founder of Your Enneagram Coach, called this book incredible and says, quote, Hearing God speak is brimming with truly transformational material. This 52-week interactive devotional will enable you to explore how in Scripture your Heavenly Father speaks uniquely to your Enneagram type to help you understand His deep love for you. Spend a year hearing God speak directly to you, end quote. Award-winning singer-songwriter Matthew West says, quote, Hearing God speak can be a key that will unlock some doors for all who read it and open our eyes to the ways that God is speaking to each of His children. Hearing God speak is a weekly invitation to let God work on you and show you how to step into the fullness of the unique story that He is writing through your life, end quote. While New York Times bestselling author John Acuff has hailed the book as a smart, creative, and helpful approach to the Enneagram, saying, quote, I love this concept of this book. It's one of those classic tools that serves two critical purposes. It reminds you of your unique role in God's story, but also how everyone else around you is experiencing life too. Bravo, Jackie and Eve, end quote. Available now at Amazon, Target, Walmart, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and Christian Book. Or simply head to hearinggodspeakdevo.com and enter into this extraordinary journey of discovering and uncovering the Word of God in your Enneagram language while hearing God speak.